from Byron, Mississippi. It's Lakeshore Church. And now we join Pastor Jay Frazier for today's message. It's good to be here. Um, when you go through the things where we've been the last several weeks, you, are, uh, you recognize the blessings that you have in your life. And Lakeshore Church is one of those blessings. Uh, truly is uh, for us. First uh, John chapter 4, let's just, uh, let's just get right into it, okay? We find this, dear friends, do not believe every spirit. Uh, I want you to notice that that's a uh, small s, but test the spirits, again, small s, to see if they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you know the spirit, capital S, of God. Every spirit that confesses, notice that's small, but it's also okay. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming. Even now is already in the world. You are from God, little children, and you have conquered them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they say it is, is from the world. <clears throat> they say is from the world, what they say is from the world, and the world listens to them. Excuse me. We are from God. Anyone who knows, God listens to us. Anyone who is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. Let's pray together. We thank you, Lord. I'll simply ask, Lord, for my thoughts to be yours, my words to be yours. Every one of us would walk in obedience. What a prayer. I pray, Lord, that um, we would realize that there's an enemy, but there's also a solution. We would realize today that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And God, if we know Jesus Christ, we've been redeemed and we have life. God, I pray your blessings, Lord, here today. Holy Spirit, we give you this time. And I pray for that one that is in a battle, a spiritual battle right now of who knows what proportion. I pray that relief would come today through what they understand clearly as they give it to you and God and keep giving it to you. And God will be careful to praise you now and forevermore for we ask it and pray it in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Thank you. This is one of those sermons that uh, is on my mind, stayed on my mind. There's some things that we plan to go a different direction in church and just the last few days, hadn't been able to get away from this. I've had some correspondence with some people and, and uh, talked about this, and, and uh, it's just stayed there. And, and I feel like it is the message for the hour or message for this day. But uh, when I think uh, about spiritual things, uh, I entitled it Less or Best, is that God wants us to have everything that he's provided for us. He doesn't want us to live in less. He wants us to live at our very best. And a lot of times what happens is understanding spiritual warfare. Uh, let me just say this, be candid with you. Uh, many of you know, most of you would know our plight the last several weeks, seven weeks it is, um, as of yesterday. Um, I've had some crazy thoughts lately. Uh, some thoughts that are so far out there. If I didn't have the understanding that I have in spiritual things, I'd be in a mess. Crazy thoughts. Um, and I said I wasn't going to, when I was putting all this, I said, I'm not going to be that personal, but I don't think you, I don't think you'll get it unless I, if I'm, unless I'm just transparent with you. Uh, about three weeks ago, early in the morning, a lot of this, since this has happened with Zaina, stuff happens to me in the middle of the night. Um, I woke up in the middle of the night 
And just as clear as I'm talking to you, it was, it was not audible, but I felt it. I, I, it was like somebody was talking in a whisper to my soul. And this is what it said. Suzanne's going to leave you over this. I thought, where did that thought come from? As we walk through this thing financially, it's going to lead to financial ruin. I've had that. Um, I can tell you others and, and some that are way out there. I'm talking about thoughts you go, where in the world did that come from? And so out of that has come this awareness. And I already knew about it. I preached about it. I read about it. I know what God's word says about it. You're going to hear a lot of that in the next 25 minutes. But it's, it's, there's so much in the word of God about spiritual warfare. I often quote verses from this platform and we'll do so today. We'll just in the next few moments. But I want to remind you that the battleground for your soul, if you know Jesus Christ, listen to me very carefully. If you know Jesus Christ, the battleground for your soul is in your mind. The enemy comes to our mental senses. That's where those crazy thoughts come from. Have you, had that? Have you ever thought, where'd that come from? Uh, I've always said this, and I remember early on when I would read God's word, uh, be reading God's word, and all of a sudden, a thought from when I was playing in a basketball game when I was 16 years old would come in my mind. And you go, where, where did that come from? Something that happened 10, 15 years ago, where did that thought come from? And if you understand spirituality, it makes sense. That's how the enemy works. The enemy, the, the, the battleground for our spirituality of whether we're at our best or less for him is in our mind. Okay, and if you understand that, you can operate better. Okay, so that's, that's some good background, all right? Here's, here's the, 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 te the, the text talks about test the spirits. What in the world does that mean? I mean, we're going to have a written test? I mean, what, what does test the spirits? And I did some of the reading, and in the message, he says it real well uh, for this verse, and it says this, weigh and measure the spirits. See, everybody that stands on a stage is not preaching truth today. Amen. Everybody you turn on TV is not preaching truth. Everybody that has the microphone might not even have to be in religion. Everybody that doesn't has the microphone doesn't mean they're the expert. They might be anti-right. That's what that passage talks about. It tells us that. It reminds us of that. And so we know that. We got to test them. We, we, we got to look and see this one. And I challenge you. If you hear me say something, if I don't say it's my opinion, I like to say it's my opinion and you can be wrong. But anyway, if, if I don't say it's my opinion, I, want, I challenge you, go find out in the word of God what it says. This day and age, we've taken for granted that whoever's the loudest and whoever's the tallest and the one standing up and the others are sitting down, he must know what he's talking about. No, that's not what it's about. Here we have John reminding us that we need to test the spirits. Every one of us do need to test the spirits. We need to understand what is of God and what is not of God. I have a dear friend. I talk to him often, especially through this. Zane worked for him, works for him. Uh, Phil Mills is his name. He actually preached here. He's a bivocational preacher. He has a concrete business, does a lot of other things, but he also is a pastor. Phil Mills is one of the sharpest guys. He sharpens my faith when it comes to the word of God. He can't understand. I guarantee you Phil probably spent an hour, hour and a half on Sunday in God's word this morning when he got up. And he just does it on, every day. I mean, he's read multiple, he, he, he sharpens me. He has gifts that I don't have, and I have gifts that he doesn't have, and we do well together. Sometimes we drive each other crazy, but we have great uh, time together, great friendship. But Phil Mill says it this way, you say you love the Lord, but you don't spend any time in his word. People talk about loving the Lord and, and wanting to know the Lord, and yet we, we very seldom read God's word. 
You wonder why we have the easel over there and we're signing? I hope you've already gotten your Bible. If you haven't, get it. Read it this year. Why not? Why wouldn't we? I want to know what God wants me to know in my life. And God's convicted me from time to time. We got time for this and I talk about that and do that. And yet don't have time for God in our life. My relationship with with Suzanne is not based on that. Huh? When we think about that, I think about that now with Zane, same capacity. You know who you love and who you have a relationship with, and the proof is there. Suzanne would come to me and say, look, we, we don't spend any time together. We don't do these kind of things. We've got to be together. Well, how can we say we're together with God if we don't spend time with him? And the best way to spend time with him is in his word. Test the spirits. We've got to know what we know. And then another one is in John 10, 10. You've heard me say this so many times from this pulpit. This platform, it says this, the enemy, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus speaking, he said, I've come that you could have life and have it to the full. It says to the full in the NIV, I love that. King James says more abundantly, you can have life and more abundantly. Let me tell you what that means. That first life in there, that you can have life, that's eternal life. I want to just take about 30 seconds and tell you today that if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you have no hope for tomorrow. So Brother Jay, how can you be at peace? How can you do the things you're doing? How can you believe it's going to be okay because I have life in Jesus Christ? I I win in the end, folks. Amen? Because I have life. But then he gives that distinction and, and have it to the full. That is that life here. That's that separated life that God has proposed for us, that he has for us. God wants us to have life to the full here. He doesn't want us to have a half measure. He doesn't want us to be half filled cups trying to overflow. He wants our cup to be running over. Isn't that what the psalmist David said? My cup does what? It runneth over. Did you know I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer? But listen to this now. It is impossible for a cup that has very little bit on the bottom of it to overflow. It might crack. It might break. It might fall on the floor. And what little bits in there come out. But you're not going to overflow. Your cup's not going to overflow if it's never full. Y'all with me now? You know how you... Where that fullness is, that fullness is here. It's not when you get to heaven. He wants you to overflow here. Hmm. Our life verse, talked about it with uh, Miss Charlotte Holmes. Ephesians 3.20, she did a beautiful quilt that we have when all this happened with Zane. One of my life verses, he is able to, watch this, exceedingly abundantly more than I could ever ask or think of him. Does Does that sound like a little cup that's dried and crusted over? No, that sounds like a cup that's overflowing. And you want me to tell you something? If you want to spill out on somebody else, it's impossible for a half-filled cup to spill out on someone else and them experience Jesus. I'll tell you what's wrong in the world today. It's not the wicked people. It's not the Putins in the world. What a last name, by the way. (laughs) Whole sermon in there somewhere, isn't it? I believe my last name was Putin. I'd change it to Frazier or something like that. (laughs) But, you know, I say this seriously. You want, to tell what's, you want me to tell you what's wrong in the world? The world needs to be overflown on. We, we need to be overflowing on the world. We're doing good just to have something in our cup. Huh? Listen, he didn't just save us to take us to heaven. He saved us to have a full life here. How full are you? And a lot of times what happens is if we, if we lack in the fullness of God in our life, then we give that territory up to the devil. Huh. Paul wrote it this way, give no place to the devil. So if I'm not full, watch this, if I'm not full, if I've got compartments in my life that don't have Jesus full in them, then that's going to be a place for the enemy to hang out and operate in my life. Y'all with me? That's pretty good. I said that better in this service than I did in the last. All right? But here's where we are. Listen to me. So it's all about being full. Why is it so hard? Because hmm. we're in a war. People say, why is the Christian life so, so hard? 
Heard all my life, and this is one of those law of physics. How is it that you can have a bucket full of, of good apples and put one bad one in there and it ruined the other ones? But it's not true you can take a, a bucket full of bad apples and put one good one in there and it doesn't change the other ones. Wouldn't you think it would be the same? Wouldn't, wouldn't you have that effect? And I'll tell you what the difference is because we're fallen. Hmm. We're in a war, folks. The enemy desires to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't sound like a little namby-pamby something, does he? He's out to wreck and ruin our lives. And if he can't get my soul and keep me from heaven, then he can destroy my witness here. There are preachers right now that have fallen from grace. There are preachers right now that are still in America that did despicable things that are wrong. And when you see them on TV, they're still preaching truth, but you don't listen to them as much. Because the enemy might not destroy their soul and keep them from heaven, but he did destroy their witness and and a vast majority of it, if not all of it. Huh, it's so hard. And see, it's hard because of a fall. Jesus was telling the disciples, he said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Hmm. In my Bible right now, I can show it to you in Genesis chapter 3, the heading for what a passage of scripture says, the fall of man. Man fell. Eve succumbed to the temptation of the, of the serpent and therefore Adam was a part of it. And because they disobeyed almighty God, they fell. And sin has been passed down to every one of us. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, it's, For all have sinned and come short, fallen short of the glory of God. We're all fallen. But listen to me very carefully. Get this today. I'll say it a couple of times. Get this that God didn't leave us in our fallen state, that He provided a way in Jesus Christ that not only could we be found and have a hope in heaven, but He also promised and said we can have a full life here. Only God could love us enough to take us from a fallen condition to a full life in Jesus Christ. Why do we want to settle for less than God's best spiritually? Hmm. Listen, even he, far too many times, this is what we do with him. This is what, this is what we surmise the devil to be. A little cartoon character with little horns on his head and a pitchfork. And, and, and that's what we say he is. You know what the word of God says he is? The word of God says he is the angel of light. And it was not depicting it as a positive. It was saying he will come in such a way that you can be fooled by who he is. The Bible depicts him as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So preacher, where are you going with this? It'll make more sense in a few minutes, I promise, I hope. The Bible goes on to say many things about him. He has over 30 names. He's called the liar and the father of lies. Why are these kind of graphic depictions given for Lucifer or known as Satan? We need to understand why that is. It's because we are in a spiritual war. Where did those crazy things come to my head and many others? And it will continue. <laughs> We're dealing with a new chapter every day in our life. We're at that marathon that I talk about on Facebook. And yet our only guarantee today is that capital S, the Holy Spirit that's going to see us through. And see, the hope today is for you to get this, is that you can settle for less spiritually in your life. You have that choice. That's how much God loves you. He allows you to choose. Or you can choose today to have a spiritual life of the best. And someone say, well, isn't there some in between? What if I just go through the motions? You're settling for less. God has a best for you. And he has a best for me. And the enemy takes up whatever ground that you don't allow God to have in your life. We talk about the lordship of Christ. Here it is. He'll be lord of all. He won't be lord at all. Because what happens if he's not lord of every part of my life, then I'm giving the devil jurisdiction in some area of my life. So that works. Oh, listen. 
I mean, far too many times, that's the view that we have him. But even Jesus clearly, he defined and he described Lucifer to Peter. This is what he said. He said, Peter, the devil desires to sift you as wheat. Hmm. I don't know if you ever studied that out. I did a long time ago. That's not, that's not, not such an easy look. He desires to sift you as wheat. Not only cut you down, but bring you down to little of nothing. Hmm. But I love the rest of it. But he said, Peter, and he was forecasting what would happen in the denial. He said, but Peter, I prayed for you. Isn't that great? I'll try to say this without as much emotion as the first one, but service, but probably won't happen. But I want to remind you today that no matter where you are, and this applies for me and my family as well, no matter where you are today, that Jesus is interceding for you. I've never seen that room. I've never seen the room of intercession. I've never seen what Jesus is doing at the right hand of God the Father. I just know what the word says and I've sort of thought through it in my own mind. But right now, because he's tempted in all points as we are yet without sin, he's walked on this earth. He he knows what we're going through. Right now, the Son of God, the Redeemer, the Messiah that we sang about today is seated at right hand of God the Father making intercession for me and for you. You know why he does that? Because he knows when we come through it, we come through the refining fire, we come through the time of temptation. Just like he told Peter. He said, Peter, when you come through this, I love the way that said in the affirmative, when you come through this, Peter, strengthen your brethren. That speaks volumes to me. It's really, really easy for any of us to go through things, to go, why me, or why us, or why now? But ultimately, here's the, here's the, whatever's going on and why it's going on, God is not going anywhere. God will be glorified and God will use us off the other end. Hmm. I've come to tell you he's real, but I refuse to give him any more territory than is his. Give no place to him. We're in a spiritual warfare. Don't make excuses. Here's what we want to unpackage for you today. When I think about this spirituality that we're talking about, it's a war. And there are levels of it. And I want to share them with you. And I'm going to share the worst one first, okay? Uh, maybe not necessarily if God convicts you in one of the other areas, it would be your worst, I guess. But here's when I think about it. The biggest one is the first one. And it's really a misconception, I think, today. I think people get right with the Lord and they live this Christian life. And many people never come to the place to understand that there is an enemy who desires to detour you and derail you and destroy you. And there might be some areas that he can't get to, but he finds other times in other areas. Then I want to say the first word that comes to mind when I think about this war is wrestling. And I'm not talking about that mess, that fake mess that comes on TV with guys that have been blown up on stereos, a guy told me one time. He was talking to me about steroids, and he said, yeah, all them guys take all them stereos. And I envisioned a guy eating a big, you know, boom box or something. I'm not talking about those blown up guys. But listen to me very carefully. The battle is on. And this is what Paul said about it in Ephesians 6, verse 12. This is what he said. He said it this way. He said, we we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. So preacher, why are you sharing that verse? So many people think it's a person. That person that let you down, that parent that didn't do what they said they would do, that, that spouse that didn't live up to their vows. That, that employer that said you were, the, you were the best employer and then they put a pink slip in your box one day. Something happened. Maybe a pastor let you down. Oh. On and on we could go. We come up with all these things and we, 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 we typify it toward a person. 
we said this person would get their act together, this person would do this, then I'd be better off, and that's really, they're really my problem. No, they're not your problem. So if we can start to realize that that same blood that Jesus shed on the cross for me, shed for them, and I quit hanging out there and realize it's not about flesh and blood, but there's an enemy that wants to cause that breach, there's an enemy that wants to cause that problem, that's an enemy that wants you to have that thought and not get peace over it, so he can rule and ruin and wreck your life and rule in that area. And so we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And so we look at it right now and say, oh, it's Russia. Russia's the problem. No, no, no. Lucifer was a long time before Putin got, him, got here. Huh? Now, are we in a desperate day? Oh, yeah. Let me tell you this. This is the preacher coming out of me. You ready? If you don't know Jesus Christ, why are you waiting? Because I can show you right now in the book of Daniel where Russia is. And they're right where Daniel said they would be before the major things go on. And it wouldn't be a bit surprising to me before you lay your eyes on my son again in public that we could be over on the other side as believers in Jesus Christ. So what I'm saying, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you are playing bad odds today, okay? But in the same token, I want to tell you this. It's not about Russia. There's an enemy that's been at war with God's chosen people and God's people and Jesus Christ since the time he fell out from the earth, fell from heaven. And I'm here to tell you today is that when we look at it that way, we will deal with issues better in our life. Lord knows I've had to do that as a pastor a few times with church members. None of you, they're on the other side of the church. I just want you to know that. Wrestling. My voice is going, but if I got 10 minutes left in me, I'm going to make it. But you know what's neat about this point I want to share with you is you and I don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Listen, it's spiritual stuff. Listen to me. When Jacob wanted the blessing of the Lord... He wrestled with the angel until he blessed him. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if we turned this stuff around and it kept quit this, this dumping on me, dumping on me, dumping on me, and in the midst of it, we want more of God? Huh? And you want know to tell you about Jacob? I love this part of the story. It says that he, he had to mess with his hip to get away from him. Jacob was serious about God blessing him. And you know what I know? The rest of Jacob's life, he had a hip, he had a limp. Listen to me, wouldn't it be great that God would so get a hold of your heart? Wouldn't it be so great that God would get a hold of my heart that I couldn't get over it? That I had a limp spiritually? Huh? Hmm. My pastor had been in heaven for many years. He used to say it. He said, one of the problems with Christians is they get over being saved. We forget how lost we were when we came to a Savior. We forget the destiny that we were on. We forget the path we were on. We forgot how much he redeemed us. We forgot how much sin and junk we had in our life. And God chose to love us instead of hate us. God chose to redeem us instead of cast us away. We've forgotten what God has done. <laughs> Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Oh, listen to me. We wrestle. Spiritually, it's a war. Secondly, we're also wooed. <clears throat> in this level of warfare, in, in this point I want to share with you in the area of temptation. Oh, Brother Jay, I'm not tempted. I'm too far along. <laughs> oh, me, let me tell you about what you, if you say that, then you might already be in his pen. Hmm? I would say anybody today that over the last week or two, you don't remember times of saying no or turning the channel or not letting a bird build that nest in your hair or walking away from a conversation that doesn't bring glory and honor to God, or having to forgive somebody that hurts you instead of harboring it, if you don't remember times that you've had to walk through temptation, you really need to check up. Because you might already be where he wants you to be. You're not aware. 
Y'all remember a few years back when I preached on, he bangs on the bucket and I had a horse from the nativity with the saddle on him. I, I laughed because there were people that walked by these back three doors and went, the preacher has lost his mind. He has a ch- horse in the church today. He looked so real with the horse and the bridle on him. And I told the story about my horses years ago that were out and man called in the middle of the night. They'd gone across a four lane highway and all I could think about was lawsuit. Not only my animals died, but somebody suing me because they ran over my horses and it hurt them. And I went to get them in the black of night with a bucket full of sweet feed. If you've never had sweet feed on your hands, you don't wash it off because it has so much molasses, it has molasses in it and horses love it, okay? It's like a Snickers bar and a honey bun tied together. You with me? (laughs) The point is I didn't put hay in the bucket because that's just like grass. They needed something that would really tempt them so that I could put the halter on them, listen to me, and take them back to the pen. If you're not aware of him banging on the bucket, we need to sharpen our warfare, folks. He woos us. Part of what the enemy does, he woos us. Hmm? Bangs on the bucket. And many people have succumbed to it. And you know what's sad in the church today? Is that stuff goes on so long in people's lives, they think that's normal. And we wonder why God doesn't move. We wonder why God doesn't show up. If you would realize the enemy knows you. He knows what bait to put out there. How he woos us. And let me tell you something, people just pass that off. Well, that's no big deal. But why would we live short of what God wants, where God wants us to live? You never thought you'd hear a gomer pile in a sermon, did you? Let me give you two more quickly. Third one is wants. I haven't said this in a while, but in the New Testament, especially Paul's writings, when he used the word Gentile, he was talking about lost people. And, he, and, we, have, and we have verses like this. You and I are not supposed to live like the Gentiles live. We're not supposed to run after what the Gentiles run after. And yet it bothers me, it breaks my heart today that they say all the research that you read, there's very little difference between church-going folks and people that don't go to church. You wonder why people don't have a taste in their mouth to want to be that. It's because we're already like them. And don't be offended, I'm just telling you what research says. But see, the wants is this. You think about it, we run after all these stuff, and what does it matter? Huh? I, have one pair of, I have one pair of preaching shoes. I've been wearing them for a while. I love them, but they don't have a hole in them. And I found out if I just wear them on Sunday, maybe another time or two, they last a lot longer than wearing them every day. But I've had people come up and say, you know, I love my kids, they always come up and, man, dad, you need to get another pair of shoes or we need to do this. Why? These work well and they're broken in. But we live in a world where we gotta, want, we gotta go do this and go do that and go do the other. And so without even realizing, I know that's, that's a crude, terrible illustration and I could come up with a hundred better ones. The point is, is that why do we have to run after everything the world runs after? Here's a thought, why don't we run after Jesus <laughs> and let him fill it in? Do I believe God's the God of prosperity? Yes. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed bragging bread. I know God will bless his own. If we give good gifts to our children and be sinful, evil people, how much more will our heavenly father give good gifts to those that care, that love him? <laughs> I believe this stuff, but I don't believe I'm supposed to run after everything the world runs after. Do I need a reminder of this often? Yes. Do I like good things? Yes. I like my vehicles to crank. I like my clothes to wear right. But it's amazing how this won't thing, and I believe it's a product of spiritual warfare. But he can get us, let me tell you this, and I'll move on, I promise you. If we're so choked by what we're running after, how in the world can God ever challenge us 
to do something for him. If I know something in my life doesn't bring glory and honor to the Lord, why do I keep playing this game? It's a form of spiritual warfare. God wants you to be better so that he can use you in a better way for him. Here, here's some applications. So Brother Jay, how do you win? Number one is this, you need to be aware. Secondly, you need to, be, you need to stay awake. <laughs> you need to remember that a way <laughs> is still the way.